Tell me if you've been here before, wrapped up in the why. Why is this happening? I don't understand. Wondering how this will all unfold or play out or change things in your life. You've probably been here before too, worrying about how things will turn out, overwhelmed with all of the what ifs. You've definitely been here before, closing your eyes at night, replaying all the mistakes of the day, of yelling at your kids, over-disciplining them, under-disciplining them, wondering if you should have said this or could have done that, visions of your angry face yelling at them keep playing in your mind. You've also most certainly been here before too. Life is just too much. It's noisy, distracting, and sad. So you numb out on too much TV, or you reach for another glass of wine. You're finding temporary comfort in some substance or person or mindless activity yet still feel empty deep down inside. What's needed is a shift in perspective. Elizabeth Elliot once said, heaven is not here, it's there. If we were given all we wanted here, our hearts would settle for this world rather than the next. She also said, where does your security lie? Is God your refuge, your hiding place, your stronghold, your shepherd, your counselor, your friend? your redeemer, your savior, your guide? If he is, you don't need to search any further for security. And you know, I like to think about a shift in perspective, like putting on a pair of glasses. It's a lens that the eternal perspective helps you see things differently. It helps you view what you're looking at in a different way. So today we're going to talk about how shifting our perspective from earthly things to the eternal changes everything. So go grab your coffee and get ready, because here we go. This isn't a game of ding-dong ditch, and don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you, friend. Whether you have spit-up stains and cluttered counters, or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, Take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to the JAR podcast with your host, Lydia, certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh Lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. Hey, if you've been a faithful listener for a while now, or even just a couple episodes, would you do me a favor and scroll to the bottom of this podcast and click on write a review. Leave me a five-star rating and tell me how this podcast has helped change anything for you or encouraged you in any way so that other people can find encouragement as well. All right, let's dive into this topic for today because I feel like it's one that not only people can relate to or find in common or struggle with on a regular basis, but especially right now with the state of the world that it's in or just the overall heaviness that people feel with everything that's been going on 
or even just on a smaller scale in your own world, if you have been walking through something difficult, it can be very hard to not get sucked into the mindset that everything is against you or the world is against you or God is against you. Or maybe this message finds you in a time that you are just experiencing a lot of pain, shame from your past, or old wounds that keep coming up, and so you just keep seeking healing in all the wrong places. Maybe you're looking to numb the pain. Maybe this finds you in a time where you're having struggles with a family member, or your spouse, or your kids, and you just wish that you were able to think before you speak, or stop treating them a certain way, or stop losing control. Or maybe right now you're just facing a hardship and you're going through the storms of life or a trial at the moment and you're discouraged. You're not quite sure how to get through something like this. Today I hope to offer you some encouragement and hope and tools that will help you to do this life-changing thing and that is shifting your perspective from earthly things to eternal. And so we're going to talk about how that changes everything, why it matters, why we should even consider doing this, putting on those glasses of an eternal perspective. So on the one hand, it changes how we overcome pain or shame or those wounds that I mentioned. Elizabeth Elliot also has a quote where she said, by trying to grab fulfillment everywhere, we find it nowhere. When we are looking to earthly pleasures, earthly pain relief, when we are using the things of this world to offer comfort to something that's intangible like our soul or our spirit, it's not made for that. Only the, the God of our soul, the one who created it and who lives in us can heal us from the inside out. And so having an eternal perspective and shifting that mindset to he is the only one who can provide that relief and that comfort, putting that perspective on helps us to heal, to overcome, to move through our pain to the point of complete wholeness and healing. And my husband would be very proud of me for making a chess reference, but Honestly, thinking about a chess game, you know, there's two perspectives. There's the perspective of the pieces themselves down at that level of their sight is only so far if they could see. The pawn piece can only see the pieces around it, maybe the next square ahead of it or a couple around it. But then shift that perspective to the player who's looking at the entire board from up up high. And the, the master of the game knows the strategy of if I move this piece here, then my opponent will put this piece here and take this piece. And so even if the pawn or the piece itself doesn't understand why the master is moving it over here when it thinks that it should go over here, like, hey, there's a space right next to me. How come I can't just move here? The master knows which piece to move and when. And his perspective gives the, the entire picture of the game with the end goal in mind. Another Elizabeth Elliot quote to go with that says, if you believe in a God who controls the big things, 
You have to believe in a God who controls the little things. Every move that you make, every moment of your life, every decision, every circumstance, every trial, anything we go through or that we face, if we don't believe that God controls the little things, we're going to have a really hard time understanding and believing and trusting that he controls the outcome, the destination, the overall picture of our life. 2 Corinthians 4, 8-11 through 11 says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to the death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So think about the bigger picture, the entire purpose of us being pressed on every side, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, and yet not destroyed or abandoned, is so that when we are, it feels like, dying under our circumstances and crushed by them, we're not. And in fact, it's for a bigger purpose of Jesus's life and, and purpose being revealed to others through us. It's a testimony, which moves me into the next part, which is that shifting, shifting our perspective to an eternal one changes how we treat other people. It changes how we love others. If we are aware of a, a bigger purpose, if we are aware of the eternal effects of what we say and what we do, we show more compassion naturally to others. We don't look at their actions as something to take so personally. And we're able to see through maybe their actions or their words to the heart that is hurting. And we're able to have compassion on them or offer forgiveness. It doesn't mean that what they've done or said doesn't sting or doesn't hurt. But we're able to view them as a child of the king just as much as we are a child of the king. We're able to look at them whether it's our spouse or our kids or a stranger on the street, look at them with the eyes of God made that person too and loves them too and has a plan for their life and has a plan to bring healing and hope and restoration to their life. And maybe I'm a part of that role. Maybe I'm a part of that plan in their life. And so it matters what I say. It matters what my actions and responses are. Another way of how it changes how we treat others is that it builds our self-control and it helps us to let go of control. Again, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Elliot said, Fear arises when we imagine that everything depends on us. And I can admit that I am a recovering control freak and fear definitely plays a part when I feel like if I drop the ball, everything's going to fall to pieces. I have to be in control. Or else. That fear comes up when we think that our relationship with someone else or the circumstances surrounding them is entirely something that's in our control that we have the answer to, that it's up to us to solve, it's up to us to fix. It makes us not trust God's plan in that whole circumstance or relationship. And it builds our self-control when we shift our perspective to think before we speak, 
It helps us kind of just stop quickly in our tracks before the words come piling out or before our actions against somebody else are done. It kind of is a filter and helps us think, how is this going to impact this person for eternity? Because whether or not you think about it this way, as a Christ follower, we are his ambassadors and we're spreading his message. Would he be spreading that message of hate to them? Would he be spreading that message of condemnation? So whatever it is that you are feeling like you want to say or you want to do to control a situation with somebody, have it, having those glasses on that eternal perspective of eternal impact on somebody with your words and actions, that can help you understand that relinquishing that control to the Lord and letting him control the the pieces and the outcome will help you to make the right choice. And it, it helps us to realize that our words and actions have a an eternal impact and, and are really leaving a legacy for our children, for our children's children. We we worry less about our small role or ourselves in the big picture. And we realize it's more about being a part of, of kingdom work, of lasting eternal effects, of something bigger he is doing and how he's moving and how he's using us as his instruments and his tools. So it causes our hearts to be more yielding, more willing, more understanding and trusting of his purposes. Which leads me to the last point of shifting our perspective from earthly things to eternal things builds our resiliency to face temporary difficulties or or hardships. It helps us to find peace in the storm. Yet another Elizabeth Elliot quote says, Restlessness and impatience change nothing except our peace and joy. Peace does not dwell in outward things, but in the heart prepared to wait trustfully and quietly on him who has all things safely in his hands. We're able to look at him. It kind of reminds me of the the old hymn, Fix Your Eyes on Jesus, uh, Look Full into His Wonderful Face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. And I think of Peter keeping his eyes on Jesus. He was able to walk on water in the middle of the storm with this peace that just passes understanding And that's what people are drawn to. That's what people notice and go, how are you getting through this? And it doesn't mean that we don't have our moments of real raw emotion and struggle with something. But in general, when we have that eternal perspective, we're able to walk through something so difficult with this peace and patience and rest because we trust the one who's orchestrating it all. We're able to find joy in the trials, just like in Hebrews 12, 2, talking about Jesus, it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He knew what was coming. He knew the, the end goal. And he trusted God the Father in what he was doing. He knew he was about to walk through suffering and pain, but that there was joy ahead of him. And that joy came through the suffering. And so this perspective shift helps us to find purpose in that pain. Another Elizabeth Elliot quote, 
If all struggles and sufferings were eliminated, the spirit would no more reach maturity than would the child. In order for a child to grow, if you are a parent listening, in order for a child to grow, sometimes they have to fall and scrape their knee. Sometimes they have to experience things the hard way. And if all we do is hover and overprotect and not allow them to experience any kind of pain, they're not going to build the resiliency. They're not going to learn how to struggle and grow. Just like when they learn how to walk and they tumble and they figure out what, what balance is and how to move, we have to do the same thing. And we have to understand that allowing ourselves to go through suffering and pain and not necessarily just numb it away, it allows us to reach a level of maturity just like that child would. And the last thing is that it helps us to find motivation to keep pushing, to keep enduring, to keep going. Fix your eyes on Jesus like the hymn that I just quoted helps us to keep following that path and not not stray, not wonder how much longer it's going to take, but just knowing that he's at the end of it and keeping our eyes fixed on him helps us to to not look at everything around us that can be distracting or holding us back. And so uh, a couple more verses from that 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through 18 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I just want to leave you with that. What better way to leave you with than with biblical truth? Don't lose heart. Even if outwardly it seems like things are falling apart, just know that inwardly you are being renewed day by day. Even if it's hard and painful and feels like it's just going to crush you, these are momentary troubles. In the light of eternity, these are momentary troubles that are achieving an eternal glory. They are treasures stored up in heaven. And it's all from the things that are unseen, those moves on the chessboard that you can't foresee or predict. The master can. So trust him and shift that perspective from earthly things to an eternal one. And if this resonated with you in any way or another episode that you've listened to has, remember to go leave a review, scroll to the bottom of the show, click on write a review, and tell me how this has impacted you. Loads of love, Lydia. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.